This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. It's a new year, but an old story. COVID is still here, but the twist is the Omicron variant and the pace at which it's ripping through our communities and the world. In this Squish Shortcut, we take a look at the latest on Omicron, what Omicron's game plan might be, and as we head into the third year of the pandemic, what's being said about when this pandemic will be over. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It was just a few weeks ago, Claire, that Omicron was the shiny, bewildering new thing to hit the COVID scene. And since then, it's made its mark. Like, it's really made its mark. (laughs) Yeah, it's exponential mathematics in action. Uh, It was just two weeks ago that Australia hit 10,000 cases a day for the first time. And then we very quickly uh, went up to and past 100,000 cases a day. Podcast isn't a really great medium for when a graph would be really handy, Uh, but here's some numbers to underline what's going on, so bear with me. Uh, At the start of December, Australia had recorded just over 200,000 cases since the start of the pandemic. Uh, By the 1st of January, there had been 430,000 cases recorded, and this week we cracked 1 million cases. Wow. It's really taken off, as you've just explained. And it could be quite a bit higher than that because so many people have had issues with testing in the last few weeks. Yeah, there's been a bit said about officials losing control of the count because it's thought that many Aussies have got COVID in recent weeks and have just dealt with it on their own. And that was easy for people to do if they've had a mild case and also been in areas that have had high numbers of cases and getting a test has been a hassle. Yeah, we've all seen those long queues. And there's been a whole raft of changes made in recent weeks because of how Omicron has taken hold and the pace in which it's taken hold. And that includes who is considered a close contact. These days, it's basically if you live with someone who has COVID uh, and there have been changes for close contacts with many people able to return to work if they're in critical industries like food, transportation and distribution. Uh, They're changes we could not have even tried to comprehend even just a few weeks ago. And of course, it should be noted that those changes aren't Australia-wide, but many of the changes impact our most popular states, of course. That's New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland. Yeah, and of course, plenty of restrictions have been lifted and some like crowd limits have been reintroduced during this period. But Claire, another thing people are keeping a close eye on is hospitalisation rates. So with all those cases, it's hardly surprising that the number of people in hospital has also increased, especially in New South Wales and Victoria. Uh, Currently, there are 3,800 people in hospital with COVID and there are 342 people in intensive care. That intensive care rate is lower than during the Delta outbreak. And what officials have said is that the majority of people in intensive care have Delta and most are also unvaccinated. Yeah, on vaccination, that's something the World Health Organisation, the WHO, uh, says is a bit of a theme at the moment. And that's that those experiencing severe cases worldwide in recent weeks, 90% are unvaccinated. And Claire, in terms of that surge of cases, Australia's not on its own with what we're experiencing with Omicron. 
Oh, we're certainly not. No. Uh, the WHO says global cases have increased by 71% in the last week on the week before. And one notable development to call out, this week the United States recorded more than 1 million COVID cases in 24 hours alone. The numbers are just extraordinary and they continue to be extraordinary. And with all of that comes many questions about how Omicron is going to pan out. So let's look at that next. Claire, so many people I know have had a case of COVID over the Christmas break and it was likely Omicron because they had a few days where they were out of sorts, then they recovered pretty quickly. And we've all heard advice from officials saying get prepared, so have your paracetamol and your ibuprofen to hand because it's not unreasonable to expect that we're all going to get it. The experts back that up too. Yeah, and if South Africa is any example, and remember it's a few weeks ahead of us on this, uh, they saw a rapid explosion of infections followed by a very swift and sharp decline. Yeah, I'm actually really interested in this. Why don't cases just keep rising and rising? It's because the virus spreads to so many people so quickly uh, that the people who are infected don't get to see enough susceptible people before they recover. Yeah, I mean, I like the way that the Sydney University infectious diseases expert Robert Boy puts it. He said, quotes, the light that burns twice as bright burns half as long. It's an analogy that works for candles <laughs> and for the coronavirus, so that's handy. <laughs> it really does. It sounds like a good thing from my perspective, but the experts suggest that it's not. Yeah, and that comes down to the pressure that it puts on the healthcare system. Right. Uh, speed means more people get it at the same time, which is a real strain on resources. And we're seeing that play out in other areas like food distribution and keeping essential services open. Yeah, and one thing to point out is that some experts say that Australia is going through a fairly unique experience at this stage because our collective immunity has largely been driven by vaccination. So since the virus kicked off in 2020, nations like the United States, the UK, many across Europe, Asia and Africa have had high case numbers. That means that many of their citizens have previous infections to thank for their immunity to COVID. And here in Australia, as we said, by November, just 200,000 cases had been recorded here. So fewer people have had their immune response bumped up by a previous case. And of course, it's worth noting that the experts say they're still learning not just about Omicron itself, but COVID more broadly. Everyone is feeling their way through this, Claire. And we're soon to enter the third year of COVID. I think I'm not alone in wondering when this will be something that we don't talk about so much anymore. So let's look at what's being said about when this might be behind us. For much of the last year, the focus was on getting vaccinated against COVID. Political leaders, officials and experts all told us that it was the ticket back to something resembling normal life. And now we're focused on getting our booster shots. Yeah, we are. But we can also see that international travel's restarting and domestic borders are open or due to open soon. Uh, and we've been told that lockdowns are a thing of the past and 2022 was billed as a time uh, for COVID normal to kick in. Uh, yes, that phrase, COVID normal, it's a term that gets kicked around a bit. It's worth noting at this point that it's not going to be normal normal like 
old normal. (laughs) Not all at once anyway. No. (laughs) The next step that we're aiming for is for the COVID pandemic to become endemic. Yeah, so a pandemic, we're all over at this stage. That's the worldwide spread of a new disease. We've got that one down. (laughs) We sure do. And for COVID to be endemic, it means that it will need to be a disease that's regularly found and the virus is behaving more predictably and mildly thanks to high rates of immunity. So what you're saying here is that it's still all over the world. It is. It's circulating all the time, uh, but it's not a huge deal because the outbreaks aren't spreading much beyond specific pockets of the population. Okay, so it'd be good to get to that phase pretty quickly. Yeah, it's not going to be that simple though and that all comes down to our immunity and how long it lasts after an infection or vaccination or if recurring booster shots are needed. And that's why some experts have said that Omicron may not be a bad thing when it comes to boosting the world's immunity if, and it's a big if, it's a milder form of the disease. Yeah, and one of those experts is our Chief Medical Officer, Paul Kelly, uh, who said that a mild form of COVID that spreads around widely was on his wish list for Christmas because of the effect that it would have on the community's immunity, and that would help with moving COVID on. So Claire, can you please give us a date about when this will move from pandemic to endemic? (laughs) No one can give us a date. (laughs) It's not just me being withholding. (laughs) Some say... A couple of years. Uh, For their part, the World Health Organization says 2022 uh, can mark the end of COVID's acute stage. Uh, Others say it could take a bit longer, depending on how quickly vaccinating the world's developing countries can be done. So I'm not a betting person. No, me neither. Uh, It does seem we're in it for the long haul, that's for sure. And that's your shortcut to COVID in 2022. On to our recommendations. Pfizer Chief Executive Albert Baller was interviewed on the Wall Street Journal's podcast, appropriately called The Journal this week, where he gives his forecast for COVID this year and the prospect of a fourth shot in 2022. Of course, we've just been talking about a third shot. We'll put that link to the podcast in your episode notes. Yeah, if you want more COVID content. Um I don't know what you think, Eliza, but I've noticed more and more the news websites are coming up with things to distract us from focusing on COVID. And I'm seeing a lot of things like how to meditate. So (laughs) I've plucked one from the New York Times that gives you some tips about how to zen out. Oh my gosh, look, meditation is still something that eludes me, I have to say. I'm into (laughs) yoga, but I haven't quite cracked meditation. So maybe I need to read that link. Give it a go. All right. Thanks for listening in today. If you like what you've heard, please tell people about our shortcuts. They're also available in written format on our website. You could also leave us a review or share a link on social. Just spreading the word really helps us grow. And there are plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to. So get onto that as we ramp up for 2022. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.